podcast for giftware and specialty food artisans who want to work smarter, earn more, and live better. Hosted by Stefa Normantis. Welcome to Artisans Who Wholesale. I'm Stefa, and today I have Peter Harriman on the show. He's with the Maine Small Business Development Centers, and the SBDCs are, if, you, if you're not familiar with them, they are like a secret weapon for small businesses. They offer free, I did say free, uh, business planning, and they have been a fantastic support to our New England Made show and to so many of our exhibitors and other businesses. So if you get a chance, go see them. They can just really help you out with some, uh, you know, whatever your business is struggling with. So I really encourage people to uh, at least explore, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, them as an option. And Peter has recently been appointed as the center director in Portland. So congrats to Peter and welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sure, sure. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself in the small business development centers. I know a lot of people don't know uh, who you are and, and uh, what awesome services you offer. Yeah, so uh, the Small Business Development Center, um, the one in Maine anyway, is actually 40 years old. It's one of the one of the oldest centers, and there is a Small Business Development Center in every state uh, hosted by a university or college. Um, so the one in Maine is one of the oldest. We're one of the flagships to start the program. And you're right. I mean, great introduction. We are free. We're one-on-one <laughs> business advising. Uh, we're confidential. And we have 14 advisors in 21 locations throughout the state. So on average, each year we see about 1,500 clients and generate anywhere between 36 and 42 million dollars in capital. And, and what that means is we help people attain loans or, or financing for their, their businesses. That's fantastic because who can't use more capital in the business? Right. <laughs> you know, there's always that aspirational like, oh, we could do more with uh, with that. So, um, so tell me how you ended up at the uh, Small Business Development Center. And, and I know you're the center director, but what does that mean? I'm the center director, uh, which which means uh, basically more paperwork. <laughs> I, uh, I am also an advisor. Um, we're not a big enough organization where you know we just have managers. So I manage uh, the staff for Cumberland County and York County. Uh, mm-hmm. Roy Hebert and Susan de Grazelier is the newest member of our team. Both very competent advisors, uh, and then myself. Uh, we, as I say, cover Cumberland and York counties, and. Being the center director, we get to, or I get to, direct where some of our strategic initiatives might be for Portland, such as, Mm -hmm. you know, stronger ties with the university and the students um, as the University of Maine becomes more student-focused, trying to incorporate that uh, into our our programming, uh, getting more, uh, especially for Maine, online access. For instance, uh, this February 11th and 12th, I hope I'm not getting too ahead of myself. Uh, the 11th and 12th, I'm going to be doing a Zoom uh, video conference that's free about an upcoming Maine Made trade show uh, on March uh, 16th and 18th is when the show is. Uh, but I'm going to be doing them on Monday and Tuesday, the 11th and 12th, uh, to uh, basically, it's a free Zoom video conference. Uh, we've got 65 people signed up for each day already. Fantastic. Uh, with a, yeah, with a maximum of 100. Uh, so we're we're hoping not to go over the max, but it, it's uh, you know we've still got a month to go. That's a good so, problem. That's yeah. a good problem to have. That's yeah. terrific. 
All right. So tell me um, about that process of business counseling. Um, why would somebody go and how would they benefit? Of course. Yeah. The, so people come in to see us uh, usually usually for for three basic reasons. Either they're starting a business and they, they simply have no clue how to start it, either the business plan or or the filing of the registration or getting a loan from a bank, how to even start. Mm-hmm. Um, licenses for food-based businesses, for instance, or sales tax. And so they just need some help figuring out, you know, because it's, it's a pretty daunting when you first get into it, but just figuring sure. out how do I start? Um, mm-hmm. Do I have a viable plan? And, and what is the process? What's the step-by-step? Other reasons people come in, because we're not just about starting businesses, is, is a lot of people look to expand their business. And so hiring someone is pretty, pretty daunting. You know, is it an employee or yeah. is it a contractor? And then what's the difference between the two? And, and am I ready for that? Mm-hmm. Um, or buying a business. We're seeing a lot of, a lot of business buying in Maine because we've got one generation uh, leaving businesses. And then another generation coming in to buy it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people importing from Maine. There's a lot of a lot of people coming <laughs> into the state of Maine recently. We've seen them. We've <laughs> 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 definitely. And how does uh, you know? Uh, what's the process of helping them get through those issues? Is it sitting down at a table together? Is it an ongoing relationship? Does the counselor come to your location? How does that? What does that look like? Yeah, it's uh, it can be a mix. We do have uh, advisors that go out to your location. Um, otherwise, everyone has an office that uh, tends to be more convenient. If we have a lot of a lot of uh, people that we're advising, it tends to be more convenient for them to come to us. It usually starts with a about an hour, an hour and a half counseling session uh, or mm-hmm. advising session in which. We get to know each other, you know, because it is yeah. uh, hopefully an ongoing relationship where we can help you uh, throughout the life of your business. Mm-hmm. Great. And um, I know one piece that I hear over and over again is uh, how to get the numbers right for pricing and terms. And I know you mentioned the um, uh, webinar that you'll be hosting soon, but do you mind diving into a little bit more about uh, pricing, what different strategies somebody uh, that somebody needs to employ when they're used to doing retail and are stepping into wholesale. That's yeah. where I see a lot of uh, a lot of sad stories. Yes, yes. Um, and pricing is probably one of the the top issues that businesses struggle with. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I price my product? What's my strategy? And some people don't even realize there is a strategy. <laughs> um, and with the wholesale in particular, what exactly does that mean? So in my my Zoom video conference I'm going to be doing on Monday, I'm going to really dive down into pricing. Um, and basically, pricing comes down to a few different concepts. With The first one is, what is your overall strategy? Before you even talk about what price should I sell at, what is your strategy on pricing as far as what's your target market? You know, and a helpful hint is not everyone is your target market. There's going to be a <laughs> core group of people that are your target market. So if you think about it, out of a hundred people that might want your product, what are who are the five that will slam dunk always want your product? Mm-hmm. Um, that's your core group. And and if you're thinking about your core group, 
what are they expecting for price? Are they expecting it, in, you know, your product in a Walmart, or are they expecting mm -hmm. it on, you know, more high-end venue? Boutique, yeah. Boutique, right. Mm -hmm. um, and then you also have to look at your competition when you're thinking about your strategy. You know, if if you've got a good product, is there a lot of other people offering the same product or a similar product? Um, because the competition isn't necessarily about the exact product. Right. There might be someone who doesn't make exactly the same earrings you make, let's say. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of earrings out there. Right. Yeah. Or if someone doesn't like earrings, they could do a necklace. So the competition, yeah. we always we tell people the competition's about your dollars. Mm -hmm. Right. So out of all the all the different options they have. Um, mm -hmm. another thing to think about pricing is is what is your your company image or your logo? Right. If you're looking at penetration marketing as your strategy, which is where you price low, because maybe you can you can really crank out the widgets. You don't have to spend as much on marketing because you're you're just kind of sending them out in the mass at a lower price. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's your company image. Um, mm -hmm. Or on the reverse, if you got a really high priced one that you can't crank out a lot, well, your price might be higher than it than. It needs to be because that's the image you're trying to portray. So, again, when you're considering pricing, you got a target market, competition, your company imaging, positioning, your distribution channels. Where how are you going to get your product to them? Is this an online only? Is this online and in store? Um, what are your material costs and supply? Um, which then leads us kind of you know as you're thinking about your strategy, it's going to lead us into what does it cost. This ultimately is really where uh, the problem lies. Mm -hmm. It's how do you figure out your your price that you should be charging, right? Get get retail or wholesale out of the way. Mm -hmm. What is the price you should be charging for your product, period? Because the first step I always tell my clients is you need to know what your minimum price is. Mm -hmm. um, once you figure out your minimum price, then you can incorporate your strategy. But what's your minimum price? And it usually comes down to just breaking it down into first the direct cost or what we call direct costs. And that is how much are you spending for material and how much are you spending for labor on a particular product, right? And when I say labor, uh, there's two different ways to think about it. If you're thinking you're going to expand your business to where you hire someone, then that labor price could be whoever you're hiring. Right, mm -hmm. so $12 an hour, let's say, the minimum wage. Yeah. Um, or if you're not going to hire anyone, maybe the labor is your costs, mm -hmm. uh, which is hard to pinpoint. But, you know, you have to put a value to your time to for doing this so you, that you can price it correctly. I see so many people skip that component because they think, well, I'm, you know, I'm working anyway or I need to do something. And then and then they've painted themselves in a corner price wise. Right. Right, because now there's no room to expand if they mm -hmm. need to. The so once you get the direct cost, the exact materials or ingredients or the labor that or both that it takes to make this product, then you incorporate the indirect costs. Um, and this is where I see a lot of people fail, because the indirect cost is you know your lease, your rent, your electricity, insurance, licenses or fees. Anything that isn't directly related to the product, right? Mm -hmm. And where I see people go wrong is when they're first starting their business, their overhead sometimes is extremely low, especially mm -hmm. if it's a home-based business. 
their their overhead they might not have any rent so their overhead might be only a couple hundred dollars a month even um and so when they go to put that into their pricing mechanism you know how much should i charge if they use a low overhead it's going to artificially create a low price right mm-hmm. and then when you start expanding your operations hopefully you're kind of stuck unless you do a drastic price increase because if you go from zero rent to you know, $1,000 a month rent mm-hmm. for a retail space, let's say, um, that's quite the quite the jump. Yeah. Um, so I always advise, you know, that's the hardest one. The direct costs are, are you know, you can tie them directly to the, the products because you can time how long it takes you to do a product or you can, you know, tell how much material. Mm-hmm. But with the indirect ones, you, you really got to think about a few different things, which is your overhead now and your overhead in the near future. Uh, and that's pretty hard because for some people who are just starting, you literally have no historical <laughs> information to start with. You have to guess. Right? Yeah, yeah. And not only that, you have to guess how much your overhead is going to be and how many you know clients or products you think you're going to sell so you can divide it out over that overhead. Yeah. Right? yeah. So there's a double whammy of estimation when you're when you're trying to figure out the costs for, for <laughs> overhead. Sure. figuring out how much it's going to cost per month for, or per year and then how much product you're going to sell so you know each time you sell that product it pays for a little bit of that overhead sure you mentioned peter that uh you know trying to project near future if you had to throw out a time range what would you say is near future to somebody that is just starting out you I know within the next two years okay got I would it say because you, you don't want to go too far out. Um, mm-hmm. you, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and if there's two things in business I know, it's, it takes longer and it costs more. Than you <laughs> so true. Uh, <laughs> so true. So a lot of people that do come in and see us, you know, they've been in business for three or four years. And this is kind of a warning that I see. I ask them if they've had a price increase in the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. And they say no. Ooh. And I say, well, have your have your costs just stayed the same? They're like, no, insurance has gone up, my rent's gone up. And I'm like, so why is your price staying the same? Your costs have gone up. Mm-hmm. You know, either either you have a, a margin that's large enough that you you don't care if it gets smaller, or you just need to work in that you're going to have these price increases, these normal yeah. price increases. Mm-hmm. If you have normal price increases, it's not as detrimental, right? It's mm-hmm. not as shocking to the market if suddenly yeah. you go from two dollars to five dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. But if it's two to two dollars to two twenty five to two fifty to you know, then that's that incremental is what you should be doing. So that's why when I say look in the future about two years, it's because mm-hmm. throughout the whole time you should be thinking about a strategy to increase that price to go along with your costs. Perfect. That is such good advice, Peter. That is because I think, you know, we all are hesitant, like, oh, you know, we can, you know, just hold the line and you don't want to lose clients or customers, you know, because you're, uh, you have, you know, an impression that they can't handle a, you know, a shift. But, you know, if you do it incrementally, then it's just so much easier than shocking their system, you know, once every three years. Right. Right, because people expect costs to go up. Mm-hmm. 
Right, they they do. The cost can't stay low forever. They yeah. They understand. I mean, think of a cup of coffee, right? Yeah. I when I could get it for a buck, and now it's like three dollars or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. So uh, true. So the incremental tends to be a little better on the system. Yeah. There are two other components you need to worry about with pricing. Mm-hmm. And that is taxes, right? You need to factor mm-hmm. in. We always we always advise twenty five to thirty percent in taxes. Mm-hmm. So you need to factor in that you're going to pay taxes. Yeah. Um, these aren't sales taxes. This is you know income tax on yeah. your profits. And then you also need to factor in some kind of profit margin for yourself, right? I find so many people who figure out their price without any kind of extra profit margin, and it means that they're just making the ends meet. Yeah. Right. And so three years later, they're like, "Well, you know, the business isn't doing bad. It's paying all its bills." But I haven't had a vacation in three years. Yeah. Or, you know, I had to take out a, you know, a little stress because I had to take out a loan to replace some equipment that broke and I didn't have any extra money in the account. Mm-hmm. Right. So you do need to factor in some kind of either profit margin or margin for uh, expansion or replacement of equipment or, or mm-hmm. anything like that. No, that's the good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to make it worth your while, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, say somebody all of a sudden is listening to this and they realize, you know, I don't have a strategy. I haven't been pricing my costs in an, you know, in a way that allocates those expenses and uh, in, in the final pricing. What do they do? Well, um, if you if you come down to it and you're like, oh, man, my price is wrong, and that could be either too high or too low, mm-hmm. right? If it's too high, then you're going to have to figure out a strategy to lower the price, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you have a – well, you have a couple different options. One, if it's priced too high but your product is better than your competitors, then that might be okay. Mm-hmm. Right, because you can you can say okay, that's a better quality product, uh, and then you really hone in on your marketing being better quality. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, if you need to get back down to where the competitors are, let's say, because your your product is very very similar, you'd have to think of ways to lower your costs. And I usually advise people, you've got to look at that direct and indirect costs that we just went through a second ago. You got to see if there's anything in the direct and indirect costs that you can minimize. You know, could mm-hmm. you get discounts on bulk ordering of materials? Mm-hmm. Could you buy a machine that would reduce your labor time so you could make more? If you're using yourself for the labor and you feel like you're worth $50 an hour, could you hire someone else who would be cheaper for $12 an hour to do just the run of the mill stuff while you go do some more high end stuff, maybe yeah. selling or working on higher price products. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other thing is, is maybe you could, and this is uh, Maine is a, a great state for this opportunity, but maybe there's an association or uh, a group of people where you can do a partnership mm-hmm. and do bulk ordering together. Right. Love that uh, idea. And that way, everyone wins, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you you all get that um, sharing of the, the cost savings. Yeah, that's a great idea. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for um, uh, for running through that uh, that pricing piece. the uh, The other side of that coin is you've got the pricing down, but then the other half of that is the terms of how you how you'll extend credit or or how you'll manage the the payment side of that. Can you go into a little bit about what terms are and why they're important? 
Sure. Terms are are very important. Uh, I, I guess I can't stress that enough. Um, so terms, especially when we're talking credit and payment terms, are, you know, what are you accepting for payment types? You know, do you use a PayPal, credit, card? Are you doing cash on delivery only? So one thing I find for wholesale is that seems to be typical is typically when you you have a first order with uh, a retailer typically they're going to pay before it's shipped <laughs> once they get that first shipping or they place that first order then they're going to ask for what's called net 30 terms is what i find and net 30 means that you ship the order with an invoice and the invoice gives them 30 days to pay the amount Right now, this is important to know because uh, it means your cash flow is going to be essentially 30 days later. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you're buying materials or, or product, you need to make sure as you're accepting orders from retailers that you don't come into a cash flow issue where you, you literally come to a standstill because you can't afford any more product because mm-hmm. you're waiting for the payment from that last order. Yeah. So you want to yeah. make sure you space them out. Sometimes you can offer credit mm-hmm. um, to retailers. And in that case, you, you definitely want to have like a maximum dollar level of the mm-hmm. credit balances. The term sheet usually goes through how payment will be collected and any kind of late fees or collection fees that mm-hmm. would happen. You know, how long past due until collection is done? Uh, what's the method of contact of of making a collection? Is there going to be a credit hold? Mm -hmm. Uh, There's also important terms as far as what is your minimum order Mm -hmm. that you want people that that you accept, right? Because you you don't want a minimum order means that you won't accept an order under a certain either price limit or quantity amount. Mm -hmm. And you want to keep that in mind because you don't want to make your minimum order so small that people might buy buy your product for personal use versus mm-hmm. retail. I know they shouldn't, but they might. Yeah. Um, and usually I do see when we talk about minimum orders, a savvy thing that I've seen wholesalers do is they tell the minimum order, you know, like, okay, the minimum order is $500. There's free shipping on any order over $650. Mm-hmm. Right. And that way it kind of bumps up that minimum order to just a minimum to something better. Yeah. Um, but shipping is another thing you have to to think about for your mm-hmm. terms. Are you going to pay shipping? Is the retailer going to pay shipping? Uh, one of the terms that's often used is FOB, which I've seen it either referred to as free on board or free on board. <laughs> um, so it Basically, it says FOB, and then it gives a destination. So if it's FOB tailgate, for instance, then uh, that means you're going to be you're going to be responsible for it until it gets to the the warehouse or, or wherever it's going to be delivered, all the way until it's loaded off the tailgate. Mm-hmm. And then another shipping term that I I hear sometimes, especially with international shipping, is CIF. Cost insurance freight is what it stands for. So if we have anyone who's who's shipping internationally, um, cost insurance freight shipping usually means that the seller, so you, the wholesaler who's selling, is the one who is going to pay 
the uh, the retailer, mm-hmm. um, you pay extra for them to cover costs, insurance, and freight, basically. Sure. Um, your your responsibility for the cargo ends at the port I when see. it was picked up, but mm-hmm. otherwise the retailer is is making all of the arrangements for you. And I find when people first get into international sales, they they do that the CIF. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. payment shipping terms. And then as they get more savvy or larger, then they can pay people to navigate the different venues that they have available to them. Then they sure. get into more negotiable ways. Terrific. Well, thank you for that overview, Peter. That's really helpful. I know that uh, that's an area that uh, that people struggle with and can cut into their margin if uh, if they don't, they don't do it right and keep that cash flowing. Stepping back, uh, I know you are a certified business advisor. In that capacity, what would you, are there a, a couple of um, action s- steps rather uh, that you would recommend for small businesses just based on what you see day to day? I always advise businesses for action steps. When you get a client, always, always, always ask them, how did you hear about us? Mm-hmm. In some manner. There's no better way to figure out what marketing is working or not working than always asking that question. I always start a session with that question Mm -hmm. because knowing what marketing is working is really essential because marketing is like the black hole of money, right? (laughs) You can pour a lot of money into marketing uh, and not have anything work, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, I don't know what's going on, if it's working or not. So you need to have some kind of measurable way of understanding what is working and what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I always advise as well, know your know your price. Yeah. Know what, what's involved with your price. So once you go through and you get your minimum price, right, that we went mm-hmm. through the steps of the direct costs and the indirect costs and the taxes and um, mm-hmm. your profit margin, yeah. that's your minimum price. So now you have some wiggle room as far as knowing or being able to negotiate with someone if you know, they want a lower price. You mm-hmm. know what that means. You can say, okay, maybe I can cut costs or, oh, if I order in bulk because their order is so large, I might be able to bring the price down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so know your price. It, it makes you just a, a better business person. And then lastly is keep records. <laughs> I, I don't know how many people use the bank account method where they look at their bank account and if it looks good, they're good. <laughs> There's a lot of expenses, and and, and I always advise getting a separate bank account if you don't for just your business, whether Mm -hmm. it's a DBA account for a sole proprietor or, you know, a separate one under a tax ID for an LLC or a corporation. Mm -hmm. Always get a separate bank account and always keep track of it, even at a basic level. Yeah. There's a lot of tools out there. I mean, QuickBooks is always thrown out. Mm -hmm. uh, Zero uh, is a new player. Mm -hmm. Wave accounting is free. It's yeah, a free, yeah, free way to keep track of your inventory. Uh, or not your inventory, but a free way to keep track of your um, sales and your expenses. Books up with your bank account and your credit card, and it uh, allows you to write invoices. Terrific. Yeah, so, and I'm, I'm not a spokesperson for that. Yeah. <laughs> but, well. uh, you know, in the, there's, there's the point being, there's a lot of tools available. So, mm-hmm. Businesses should be keeping track of their expenses, Fantastic. especially in their sales. Great advice. Great advice. 
So along that line, with that advice uh, on the business end, uh, what do you wish somebody had told you early in your career? This is a hard one because because I'm pretty happy with my career. <laughs> so, so I always see this question as, you know, is keep, there something... Keep going. <laughs> yeah, like is there something that someone, you know, you wish you had listened to someone and, yeah. and whatnot. I mean, I'm not saying I, I made all the right choices, yeah. um, but I, I am pretty happy with what my work is and what it's taught me. I, I have worked in sales, so I know what the sales pitch is. Mm -hmm. And then when I jumped over, you know, I, I did my MBA up in Orono. Mm -hmm. And after my MBA, I decided to work for the, the federal government because I, I wanted to do a nonprofit, mm -hmm. something, something to give back. And I think that's pretty common in uh, the younger generation mm -hmm. is, you know, it's not so much pay because mm -hmm. I could have, I could have, Taking that trip over the bridge mm -hmm. out of Maine, yeah. and my salary would have gone up ten or fifteen percent. Yeah, but the quality of my work and where I work was really important to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I stayed in Maine, and especially with the organization I'm with now, I, I joined three years ago for this Maine, uh, Maine Small Business Development Center, mm -hmm. and just the quality of individuals that are working here as advisors. Mm -hmm. has really made me proud of what I do. And what I do is help people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Uh, I, I get to educate businesses on how to run their business, how to start. Uh, and, you know, when I'm talking to them, I, I get to see that light bulb go off mm -hmm. where they're like, oh, my gosh, yeah, you're right. That is invaluable because now I didn't do it for them. Mm-hmm. I help them get there, right? The guide. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I like about this organization, the SPDC, and why I'm so proud of you. got highly talented people working here, and we're guiding people into becoming better businesses. Mm -hmm. um, we're not just doing it for them. Mm -hmm. uh, we're helping them understand why it's good. That's fantastic. Can you share a few resources and tips that have helped you? A um, healthy habit that might be how you recharge, how you keep that? Well, I, I keep fit. <laughs> so I, I have four kids and I run. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but from the work side, I've, I've made it a habit not to or try not to bring work home uh -huh. and also not to schedule appointments outside of work hours, ah, uh, yeah. which sounds like it'd be easy, but it's not in my line of work. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are trying to do second businesses or they already have a day job. So they're looking for supplementing their income with a side business or they're starting their business. Mm -hmm. uh, so they constantly will ask if I can meet on Saturdays or Sundays. Mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately, you know, I, I, for my ability to just recharge and, mm -hmm keep work and life balance, I have to say no. Good for you. Good for you for keeping that boundary. Uh, you need to sort of set those parameters and they're different for everybody, but that's a great advice. So you had mentioned a couple online resources earlier. Are there any other ones uh, that you that you have found helpful? Um, the Because of all the businesses being sold in Maine, um, I often get asked, you know, 
from either end of the you know sale, either the person selling or the person buying, you know what to expect and what is the the sale process going to be. So Biz Buy Sell is a, a website that offers a lot of information for anyone looking to either prep their their business for sale and or they're looking to buy a business. Terrific. Great. So that's a good website. Yeah. Great. And any recommendations as far as uh, what you use when the going gets tough or kind of inspiration-wise? Yeah. So, so um, there's this, this great three-minute video, right, by Les Brown, who is uh, – he's an American motivational speaker. Right? I mean, he did a lot of things. He was a speaker, an author, DJ, uh, politician, hmm. uh, television host. Um, but he does this three minute video about bamboo trees, um, because a bamboo tree, unlike other trees where, you know, other trees, you plant them and they grow incrementally over time, but the bamboo tree, you, you plant it. And for four years, it's just in the ground, you're nurturing it. And then on the fifth year, then it starts to grow. So he uses, he uses this to do a whole video on businesses. You know, just a three-minute inspirational video that it's going, you know, the going is tough at, at first, and you don't see much progress, if any, right? But you got to stick to it. It isn't something that grows in one year, year five. It's something that grows for five years, mm -hmm. all five years. Now, what I, what I find most inspirational about uh, Les Brown is when he was younger in grade school, they actually labeled him as not fit, not wow. mentally capable. Wow. And then, and then he went on to do all these amazing things. And when you see the video, not knowing that, you'd never know. Yeah. Right? So it kind of, you know, here's this person that was told something at a very young age saying you can't do this, and he overcame it all. Fantastic. Great lesson. I, I did see uh, when you shared that video with me, it was totally inspiring and I won't do any spoilers, but I definitely <laughs> will. Because uh, I think just his, uh, just his speech, just his, you know, he's a wonderful um, speaker. Uh, it's totally worth three minutes for, uh, for anybody. So I'll link that in the show notes. But, uh, but thank you for passing that one along, Peter. I hadn't seen it before. And it's really uh, very impactful. Thank you. So, and as we close it out, Peter, anything, uh, any advice that uh, for those that are growing a bamboo tree or uh, or a business? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so when you're a business, something something magical happens where when you talk to other people and they know that you're going, you're starting a business, suddenly you get a lot of unsolicited advice. Right. So um, true. <laughs> And, and it, it and it comes in all manners. It's, it's almost always coming from a good place. Mm -hmm. You know, people are just trying to be helpful. Yeah. Um, but my parting wisdom is that when you're making decisions for your business, um, yes, you can get the advice of other people, but ultimately you have to make the decision that's right for you. Mm -hmm. Right. So yes, be educated. Yes, you can listen to whoever Aunt May saying. What they think you should do, but ultimately you really have to make that decision for you and base it on what you want for your business. That's a great way to finish. You do have to follow that intuition and, uh, you know, follow that path that's for you. So, um, as we wrap it up, Peter, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's, uh, what's the best way for them to connect with you? 
the the best way to connect with me and or if you're interested in the uh, 11th and 12th of February uh, Zoom videos uh, is to go onto our website. Um, if you're looking for advising, there's a request advising button right at the top uh, that you can click. Or if you were lo looking at workshops or any kind of resources, we have those as well. Terrific. And if somebody is listening to this uh, and it happens to be beyond this, is there any way that there's a replay or anything uh, that might be online that they can access? Or should they just reach out and see what's yeah. available? They can feel, feel free to reach out. Um, we will be posting the video on uh, or recordings of the videos and any subsequent videos we'll be putting on our website which is uh, www.mainsvdc.org. So we will have those recordings available for them for a period of time. If not, just reach out. We'll have them in our archives, so we could probably get them if you wanted them. Fabulous. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much to, uh, for talking with us today, Peter. It's great advice, and um, I appreciate you sharing it with our audience. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Visit artisanswholesale.com for show notes with resources and links that help you work smarter, earn more, and live better.